Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, where you'll get the latest trends and legal business initiatives that help you manage your law firm every day. Hear from the experts setting the standards for legal, insurance, compliance, and tools of the profession. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Here's the host of the Legal Toolkit, Jared Correa. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Syndicated Legal Toolkit right here on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Jared Correa, and in addition to piloting this program, I'm also the Senior Law Practice Advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org or like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash masslomap. You can also now buy my new book, Twitter in One Hour for Lawyers from the American Bar Association. Help me fund a vacation. On the Legal Toolkit, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. And this episode of the Legal Toolkit is no different. Today, we're going to talk about content marketing and its potential effectiveness for lawyers and law firms. Joining me now is Guy Sakalakis, the Director of Web Marketing for Attorney Sync, a law firm internet marketing agency. Guy helps lawyers understand how to use the web to put their best foot forward online. He is a Google AdWords certified partner and has passed the Google Analytics individual qualification exam. He's a writer at Lawyerist and Alvo's Lawyernomics blog, and you should read his stuff because it's really good. Uh, welcome to the show, Guy. Jared, thank you very much. Very happy to be here. All right, so let's jump into casting some pods here. Guy, uh, it seems to me that lawyers have been doing content marketing forever but they just never figured out that that's what they were doing. Or at least they hadn't been doing it on the Internet. So let's get a definition in play before we do anything else. Uh, what to you is content marketing? So without getting into a, a ton of marketing buzzwords, you know, content marketing really is just about creating and sharing stuff uh, that people in your audiences would find interesting. So right. it's about thinking about who you're trying to uh, communicate with, uh, especially in the online context, identifying those online audiences, and then it's sharing stuff with them and creating stuff for them uh, that they would find interesting and, and that you know might demonstrate your knowledge on a particular subject, um, or it might just be something that's relevant to the types of uh, community stuff that you're involved with online um, that's topically interesting to them uh, and, and getting that in front of them. I see. So uh, expertise and pushing out that expertise in a content format. Yeah, so, and, and and it's not just the necessarily the uh, creation. It can also be the sharing. I think that's one area where people, especially lawyers, uh, tend to, to not be as engaged in is that, hmm. you know, publishing great stuff online is tricky, but sometimes just sharing and adding some uh, voice to uh, something that's already online can be a really great way to engage those audiences too. That's a great point. So you can be an information aggregator as well. Um, so I bet you get this question a lot, though. Why can't you just throw all this stuff onto a blog, which lawyers have been doing forever and, and, and seem to have an affinity for? Sure. Why so, is it necessary to utilize different platforms? So that, that's a great question. And I think that and, and this is certainly not to diminish the uh, importance of blogging. I, I think, though, that when we talk about blogging, um, and we talk about getting beyond blogging, there's a couple of things to think about. Um, you know, first, uh, you know, a blog can be a really great central hub uh, that people know 
where to find you and to find things that you're publishing online. Uh, but, you know, especially for certain practice areas, um, communities of people don't necessarily, aren't necessarily as interested in following a legal blog um, as they might be following the individual lawyer on another platform. So, um, you know, you talk about some of these, you know, social media type of platforms. Um, you know, I think a lot of lawyers think that they, that they, if they just write on their subject, put it on their blog, and then push those updates out that they're getting new posts on these social media platforms, that's all they need to do. Um, and I think what they're missing is, is that there's a lot of social activity going on that they might not necessarily directly attribute to business development, but that is part of that uh, relationship building, network building. Um, and I think Facebook and Twitter and um, you know LinkedIn and, and some of these other social platforms can be a good way to uh, and have that engagement uh, without just focusing on again, you know, publishing blog posts and getting those blog posts in, in front of those folks. So it's not mm-hmm. that I, you know, I think blogging can be great, uh, but I think that there's a missed opportunity there in terms of participation um, in some of these other uh, networking capacities. And I think that's where content marketing can really come in, where that's like, hey, you know, I'm on Facebook. Instead of, and I've got this particular, maybe it's a, a particular group of folks that you're on Facebook with, or if you're on Google Plus, a particular circle that you set up, um, that you're sharing interesting, relevant content that you might not necessarily have created yourself, but you might have some, uh, something to say about it. You might have commentary on it. Um, and that's where that content marketing comes in. Interesting, topically related stuff uh, that that you can share and have discussions about that's not just your published blog post work. Gotcha. And so let's not diminish the value of blogging because I don't want Kevin O'Keefe coming after us with sticks or anything. I know. I, can, I was just thinking I can hear him knocking on the door already. <laughs> so yeah, just a sub-question based on that. How do you feel about cross-posting to different social media sites? Do you think it's valuable to post to one and then uh, also post whatever you find to, say, Google Plus and Twitter as well as Facebook? Do you do that? Do you find it useful? So this is my take on so cross posting to me is well number one let's take a step back I think the number one thing for any of this stuff uh, any of this any whether you're blogging or whether you're social sharing or any other form of uh, content marketing so to speak is to be authentic so yeah. I think one of the tricks one of the challenges with cross posting is that you don't want it to come across that you're just auto feeding things into these social networks and so you see that a lot where people will set up. Um, you know, some kind of, uh, whether it's a plugin or some kind of uh, aggregator that just pushes out message and it's the exact same message on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google Plus with the exact same text and the exact same uh, messaging. And I think that that uh, takes away from that authenticity. So what I typically recommend is, um, you know, pick a couple of these social networks that you really think that you've got people that you can have legitimate engagement with and then uh, it and 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 post authentically there. And if you do mm-hmm. have something that's you know if you have an article that you really think is a good candidate for cross posting, fine. But maybe you change up the message each time that you put it on one of these different platforms. I just think that if you're if it's just um, you know the same type of thing you talk about when people are using auto tweets or or just auto feeding things in from their blog, it takes away from that authenticity if you're not actually you know 
changing the message a little bit or adding something to it. Uh, so I think cross-posting can be great. You can reach a lot more audience, but you know, reach isn't the only uh, key here. It's also the authenticity of the engagement. I think those are great points. Um, so now that we're beyond the blog and we're talking about other social uh, media uh, platforms, what are the best sorts of content types to produce for marketing a law practice? Sure. So this is a great this is a great thing to think about because I think that lawyers tend to get uh, into this uh, this text rut. Um, there's a lot of different stuff you can do online. You know, the web technologies are constantly evolving, um, and they're making it you know, really easy for us to do all sorts of really interesting uh, types of content online. So, um, you know, there are things like infographics that, that might be a uh, benefit, uh, even doing uh, PowerPoint presentations and uploading those to SlideShare, uh, you know, focusing more on things that are, you know, the internet is becoming more and more visual. So uh, video, it can be a very effective tool uh, for content creation, um, and content marketing. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think that text can be very effective, but it's diversifying and finding some of these new different types of content and finding ways to do those, um, you know, whether you're doing it uh, in-house or you have an assistant or a paralegal or somebody that has a, a you know, more creative um, mm -hmm. bend to them. But, you know, getting beyond just the text, I think, is an important thing that we're going to see. And, and again, if you look at the future of how the web's evolving, the stuff that's really uh, that gains attention, that gains uh, community following is stuff that's interesting, entertaining. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's a challenge for a lot of lawyers because, you know, let's, let's face it, some of the subject matter can be a little dry. But I think if you yeah. find some of these ways to uh, publish content in, in different forms, you can add some much more interesting um, shades to content that might otherwise come across as a little bit dry if it was just in text. Yep. I have to say, I have a small addiction to infographics. I think those are like the best things in the world. And I saw a site the other day where you can design your own. Oh, I forget what the name of it is at this point. Yeah. So vi there's visual.ly is a good one. There you go. Um, there, are, there are a couple others. And again, you know, the because of the way the web is going, you really don't have to be so technically or creatively sound. Um, mm. You can do some, you know, some very simple imagery um, some very simple data visualization can really go a long way to, to make your content uh, come alive. This is why we have you on, visual.ly. Remember that, folks. Um, so here's a follow-up question to that, and we talked a little bit about that, uh, about this earlier. What are the best distribution platforms for these types of content? You said people would be best off like picking three or so uh, uh, platforms for pushing their stuff out. So what would you pick if you had three to pick? So it, the big three that we that you hear about all the time are you know Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and I always add Google Plus as my big four because mm -hmm. I really think I've, I've written on this before, but I really think that Google, uh, you know, Google's committed to Google Plus, and and not to go off totally off onto a different subject, but they're creating a new platform for the way that we interact online as opposed to just a new social network. So, I guess I would say this: find the people that you want to connect with and where they're sharing online first and make those platforms um, where you spend the most amount of your time. You know, and this is going to vary from lawyer to lawyer. It's going to depend on uh, practice areas, um, and it's going to depend on, you know, what your existing network looks like and what they're doing online. Um, you know, we're still in a transition period. There's still, even though there are, you know, large numbers of people, including lawyers, adopting these platforms, um, there's still a lot of people that, you know, think that this stuff is kind of a fad and really doesn't play uh, any part mm. in terms of business development. But yeah. um, so I think it's about finding those people, you know, 
asking people that you know, asking people in your professional networks offline, you know, hey, where are you online? You know, are you using Twitter? If you're getting a lot of feedback that's saying, you know, Twitter, I don't use any of that. Um, but, you know, I'm, uh, I'm on, you know, maybe, maybe it's still a listserv. Um, and maybe it's taking that listserv and saying, hey, you know, I'm starting up this, um, you know, group or page or circle. And people on my listserv, if you guys are interested in participating in this, I can help you, um, you know, get to sharing over there. So I think the, the mm-hmm. key is in terms of choosing platforms is thinking about uh, the people that are your audiences and the, pe- the people in your networks, the people that you've already um, maybe have established relationships with and finding out what's going to be the best platform for you to engage with them on. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of lawyers are, are on LinkedIn um, but you know whether or not they're just setting up profiles or actually participating, that's where the rubber really meets the road. And I, I think again, it's less about just trying to do volume message across platforms. It's more about identifying who these people are that um, that you want to engage with online and finding out the most efficient and convenient ways to communicate with them. Because that's really, after all, what all these platforms allow you to do. They allow you to network in a way that you might not have been able to do before. Um, you know, it's a lot harder to find the time to uh, network in face-to-face. Not That's not important, but, um, you know, this is a, a great way to keep yourself top of mind in, in a lot of these, whether they're referral sources or potential clients or existing clients or other professional network members. Um, and so I think thinking about the platforms in terms of where your communities are is a better way than, than just trying to say, you know, I want to take this beachhead of strategy across all these different platforms. Hmm, that's great. I, I love the movement of uh, listeners to LinkedIn groups. It's been one of my favorite developments of the recent year. Yeah, um, and that, so- I think that's the, that's a, a great example of you know something that lawyers have been very uh, familiar with, and now there's a lot more functionality um, when you're yeah. talking about LinkedIn. And so that that's the thing is it just facilitates better interaction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this is a ton of great stuff so far, Guy, but we're going to have to take a break. Um, this is also known as the time when I go out to get a sandwich. Uh, but when we return, we'll have much more with Guy Sakalakis. Promote yourself online with Legal Talk Network by becoming a featured lawyer. Your featured lawyer profile lets potential clients and referral attorneys get to know you in a five-minute podcast interview with Legal Talk Network, plus your photo, your bio, and your firm's contact info. Be part of the most progressive online legal network anywhere. Just call Legal Talk Network at 781-551-9960, that's 781-551-9960, or by emailing admin at legaltalknetwork.com. Be a Legal Talk Network featured lawyer now. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. All right. Welcome back to the second half of our program. We're joined today by Guy Sakalakis, Director of Web Marketing at Attorney Sync. So, Guy, now that we're back to the questions here, you've given us an idea of what content marketing is. So now the big question is whether this is something lawyers can or should do on their own. So if lawyers embark on becoming content marketers, what sort of skills do they need to have? Okay, so the first thing is is that um, they want to be thinking about 
uh, their subject matter expertise. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that you know whether you're talking about blogging or creating an infographic um, or creating uh, some other form of content online, you really want to focus on the types of things that you can have uh, intelligent conversations about. Um, so th- that's the first one is that is that real you know, razor expertise on the subjects that you want to cover. After mm-hmm. that, um, you know, writing is a very important skill. Um, you know, I think there's some creative aspects to it. Um, but, you know, it really comes down to, uh, we always run into this. It's a combination of um, how much time a lawyer can dedicate to this kind of thing and then what kind of skills they have. Um, you know, they're surprisingly, not all lawyers are great writers. Um, and, you know, a lot of lawyers don't have necessarily those, those creative bends to them. Um, and so those, I think those are areas where um, if you can get help uh, with the, some of the, the, the creative stuff um, and really focus on, you know, the substance of what your messaging is, I think that's where, uh, that's kind of the do-it-yourself versus um, getting help uh, question uh, where there's, that's that's really the real issue there, um, but yeah. you know there, if you if you're a lawyer who's a very prolific writer, um, if you've got uh, you know if you're pretty handy with some of the basic uh, you know uh, creativity software, uh, there you can I think you can do a lot of great things on your own. Hmm. Excellent. Well, that's that's heartening to hear. I think for a lot of lawyers. <laughs> Um, now, I think this is an interesting question as well. I, I work for a nonprofit. I don't practice law anymore. So it's an easy question for me, but not for attorneys who are trying to market their practices. Now, is the content that you're producing, is it always free or freely available? And if not, when do you put it behind a paywall? And if not a paywall, a subscription wall or something like that? Sure. Okay. So, and this again, like everything else, is going to depend a great deal on. Um, you know what your real, what your practice areas, and and what you're, you're trying to accomplish online. But I, you know, yep. personally, I'm very biased against subscription walls or paywalls. I mean, I I've always thought that, um, you know, if the New York Times can uh, figure out how to effectively do a subscription paywall service online, I don't think that uh, most folks are going to have <laughs> success doing that. And so Probably I so. say give it away. Um, I know there's okay. a lot of lawyers. We we get this this question a lot, and there's a, there's this reluctance. Um, to share because they're, you know, either they feel like they're giving their work product away for free um, or they're uh, giving away some kind of, you know, professional, you know, trick or secret away. Um, and, and obviously, you know, each lawyer will have to make a determination about where they draw that line between what they give away and, and what they, you know, consider work product. But, you know, the Internet is a, is a giant sharing interaction platform. And so mm-hmm. um, if you take the uh, attitude that, you know, look, this is the stuff that I want to protect. Perhaps the internet and content marketing really isn't the best fit for that kind of goal. Um, there's a lot of other things you can do. You know, I think that if you want to have a subscription newsletter, um, something like that, uh, or you want to do that on a listserv, you know, fine. But, you know, in terms of actually growing professional network, marketing content, getting in front of more readers, getting in front of, you know, authorities in your particular niche, um, giving it away is the way to go because that's how it's going to be. That's the better chance of it getting shared by somebody else, linked to, commented upon. Um, if it's if you're talking about a video or a uh, infographic, that's how it's going to get embedded in front of a new whole new set of readers. And that's really the way to grow readership uh, and to grow audience is to give the stuff away. Um, the more that you protect and the more that you try to charge for it, the more you know, people are are accustomed to, especially online. People are getting more and more accustomed to being able to find information 
uh, for free. And, yep. you know, you want your information to be the best available. And so that's the balance is between, you know, how much of this can I give away for free? What can I give away for free? How much time can I spend away giving away free resources? Um, but I, I do think in terms of the, the content marketing aspect, putting it behind a subscription or paywall would be a mistake. And, and the theory, of course, is that you make the money back when you get clients based on what they've read online. And I'm sure you've seen that in your practice. No, that's exactly right. And, and that's, that's really what the internet does is that it's, it really helps you enhance um, your, whether you want to call it your reputation, if it's reputational things like uh, you know people leaving uh, comments on your blog or, or passing your blog post around via email or otherwise. Um, but that's really how it works is they, they read you, they, they, they learn that, you, that you're a subject matter expert, you demonstrate your knowledge on a particular area. Um, they see other people that are recognized authorities, you know, commenting on on your work, having conversations with you, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and that's how this stuff works. Is it's the giving away um, that that's the very nature of it. Getting giving away the content um, in return for gaining reputation, building trust, um, you know, building these relationships, so that someone later is going to feel confident that hey, you know, and such and such an issue comes up. I remember reading this post by this guy, and he's. He was excellent on it. He's the guy that we we need to talk to. Yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of lawyers feel uncomfortable about trying to be salesmen. And this is sort of an easier pitch to make, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I mean, in fact, I would say you know, uh, thinking about it, content marketing in the terms of, of sales at all would be a, a mistake. You know, I, mm. I think a lot of lawyers fall down that trap because they're um, they've been accustomed to traditional forms of interrupt style advertising. Whether you're talking about television, radio. Um, or you know some kind of other kind of direct marketing piece. I think that the mm-hmm. the the whole point here is is that you're not trying to sell yourself at all. You're just you know there's more of a reveal about your uh, knowledge, experience, and expertise on a particular subject, uh, and then you know putting that out there in a creative way, getting that in front of the right audiences. And again, I'll even come back you know you know pulling back a little bit um, with with the content sharing, it might not even be something that you've created yourself. It might be something, you know, if you find something really cool in the New York Times or on CNN's site uh, and you share and it's, you know, somewhat relevant to what you do and you've got something great to say about it, um, you know, start a conversation on one of these uh, different platforms, you know, share it directly with people you know that are going to be interested in it, that you have a uh, relationship with, get those conversations going. And and that's really um, where the content marketing takes off. Great points there. Um, so we're running a, a tad short on time. So let's do one more question. Um, this is obviously an expansive topic, something you know a lot about. And obviously, we're not going to be able to cover this in a half an hour podcast today. So uh, let's end with this then. Uh, what resources can lawyers access to learn more about content marketing that you found to be useful? Sure. So I, I think that if they, you know, you can, in a simple, really simple way, if you just go out and do some searches on content marketing, You'll find that it's a it's a pretty popular um, subject right now. So there's there's some really good stuff coming out about it. But I really like copyblogger.com and problogger.com, where you mm-hmm. you might think, you know, hey, I already I already follow those for um, you know my blogging research. But they're great resources in helping lawyers really understand the whole process uh, in terms yeah. of you know content generation, content curation or aggregation. Um, and then, you know, finding ways to make that content, um, you know, creating that content and, and sharing that content in a way that people are going to be interested. Um, you know, SEO Moz is a more uh, technical community of SEOs, but they they put out a lot of great stuff on on content creation. There are a couple mm-hmm. really good books out there that are coming out on content creation. 
um, or content marketing. I'm have to pull one up here, but I, I think that if you just spend some time online um, and and really identify some of those top blogging resources, uh, you'll yep. you'll find a lot more about content marketing that, than you might have realized if you're looking at it through the, through the lens of content marketing itself. Yeah, and, and a great point that it depends often on people's tech savvy and, and you know what sort of level the websites they're looking for are going to be at. So. Absolutely. Uh, SlideShare, that's another great spot to go. Mm-hmm. To, they've, they've got, there's a lot of great presentations. You know, their incentive yep. is to have, um, you know, presentations put up there. So they have a lot of good resources about how to create the presentation. So even the platforms themselves will talk about, you know, here's a way to create something great for use on our platform. Hmm. Oh, that's excellent. Lots, lots of good stuff here, Guy. And uh, obviously, we could probably do an hour or two or three on this topic. But with that, we've come to the end of another satisfying episode of the Legal Toolkit. Uh, remember that you can check out all of our shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. My special thanks today goes to Guy Sakalakis for taking the time to appear on the program. I really appreciate it. So, Guy, now, if any of our listeners want to find out more about you and what you do at Attorney Sync, how would they go about doing that? Well, they, they can search for my, my long name, um, but if they wanted something <laughs> a little more easy to find, uh, if they go to Lawyerist, that's lawyer with the IST at the end. I write for lawyers. Uh, as you mentioned, I also write for Avo's Lawyernomics blog. Um, so if you, you search on those, you can find my stuff there. And of course, you can go to attorneysync.com. It's attorneysync.com. Yeah, you should read Gee's stuff. It's very good. Uh, so thanks again for coming on the show today. Uh, we're all out of time here on the podcast today, but all of you out in the podcast ether, don't forget to join us next time when we'll have another excellent internet radio show right here on the Legal Toolkit. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Legal Toolkit. You can subscribe to the RSS feed and hear Jared every month right here on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.